3: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: It's Monday, July 31st, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast.
3: That is the voice of today's special guest. He's the former NFL cornerback, talent evaluator, and scout. He's the Move the Sticks podcast host and the game day sideline reporter for the Jacksonville Jags. He's got a personal story for most of the guys I ask him about because, like the hose to the sprinkler and the hip bone to the thigh bone, this man is connected. He's Bucky Brooks. Welcome back to the pod, good sir.
4: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm I'm excited to be back.
3: I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, Aaron Rodgers channeling his inner Will Smith. Now, look, Rodgers wasn't wearing a tux at the time, but he did slap Broncos head coach Sean Payton verbally. It's not that good. Calling Payton insecure and suggesting that Payton, quote, needs to keep my coach's names out of his mouth. There's the Will Smith reference. Save the date alert. Circle October 8th. That's week five. Broncos host the Jets in a contest fast becoming one of the most anticipated games of the season. And that matchup comes on a day in which the Steelers host their hated division rival Ravens and on a day in which another chapter will be written in the fabled rivalry between the Niners and the Cowboys. Lines drawn, emotions flexing. This is good. This is good A Monday in July. This is magnificent, Bucky. So good that we will play for you Roger's entire interview with Good Morning Football's Peter Schrager. I didn't work for it. I just asked for it. So glad that I got it and I'm here to bring it to you. So stay tuned for that. Okay, Buck, let's see what else we got. Oh, Bucky has bad news for Joe Burrow. Not bad news about Joe Burrow. The Bengals Mm. quarterback is expected to make a full recovery from that strained right calf prognosis. He'll be out for several weeks, but no need to plot a course for panic stations yet on the calf. No, Bucky has bad news for Burrow and for Mike Tomlin and Lamar Jackson, for that matter, because the team with the most talent in the AFC North— plays in Cleveland he'll explain plus why the biggest story in Buffalo Bills camp is not the return of Demar Hamlin as incredible as that is no it's the return of defensive coordinator duties to head coach Sean McDermott who picks up the slack in the absence of Leslie Frazier but first this
5: it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. Thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth.
3: Okay, Bucky, that was Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers after Broncos head coach Sean Payton ripped the job that Nathaniel Hackett's staff did in Denver last season. Now, Buck, we're about to hear the rest of that interview in which Rodgers addresses taking a pay cut, envisioning a longer stay in gangrene, I think, than many of us had predicted, and leading this young, hungry pack of pups. But I want to ask you, Bucky Brooks, what is your assessment of this version of Aaron Rodgers, the leader that you have seen so far in Florham Park leading this young Jets team?
4: I'm really surprised. This is not the version of Aaron Rodgers that I thought would show up in uh, New York. Uh, The version that we saw in Green Bay was very prickly, didn't necessarily exhibit all the qualities that you wanted to see from your franchise quarterback in leader, particularly when it came to the young players seemed agitated and irritated with the young players that were brought in. And, you know, the guy who's shown up in New York has been a model citizen. He's been everything that you hope that you get when you bring in an older franchise quarterback. He's not only uh, kind of set the pace for all the young guys, but he's been very, very welcoming when it comes to being around them, engaging them, uh, spending time away from the facility with them. we see seen him kind of be the king of New York when it comes to showing up to all types of games and Taylor Swift concerts and all those things. And he's taking the young guys with him. And so now you're seeing real relationships develop between he, the young players. They are more willing, as they always were going to be, to listen to his sage words. But now, because he's connected with them, you know this is a different kind of situation when it came to Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. And then the final thing I would say, the pay cut. The pay cut is significant, not because he's allowing the Jets to be able to continue to build their roster, but it's the ultimate act of selflessness. And so when you think about the sacrifices that players have to make, well, now everyone has to be on board because Aaron Rodgers has shown a willingness to take less. And so his willingness to take less will help him demand more from his teammates. I mean, he has done the Tom Brady thing in New York, and I never saw that coming. When he made this move to go to the Jets.
3: Okay, you invoked the name. Let's talk about the Tom Brady thing because I think a lot of people have looked at what Tom Brady did in his first year in Bucks colors, and that becomes the new template. That becomes the question Can we expect Aaron Rodgers to do for the Jets what Tom Brady did for the Bucks? Now, the Bucks had a pretty good roster. But truth be told, so do the Jets. Do you foresee a Brady-like effect on this team, i.e. a team capable of winning a division and capable of a deep, if not ultimately triumphant, playoff run?
4: Well, now, everything is based on the connectivity. And typically what happens, the team that is most connected is the one that wins, meaning that chemistry, that connection leads to confidence, that confidence leads to uh, miraculous things happen on the field, the resilience the trust that's necessary to play at a high level. You can see the Jets beginning to get some of that. Uh, What Aaron Rodgers can bring, I would say his skills are diminishing, but his IQ is still at the top of the game. And so what he can do is he can set the pace, he can show his guys how to win at a high level by taking care of the details, not only on game day, but in preparation leading up to the game. And then like most um, elite players, They always have the ability to every now and then turn back the clock and bring about one of those vintage performances. We saw that from Tom Brady during the Bucs Super Bowl run. We may see that from Aaron Rodgers as he helps this Jets team go from and also ran to maybe be in a title contender this season.
3: Bucky Brooks, you played on five NFL teams in your career, which means you changed teams four times in your NFL career. Is what we're seeing from Aaron Rodgers, you use the word unexpected, but isn't this kind of typical that you... Put your best foot forward. You present the best version of yourself when you enter a new locker room. Isn't this kind of the first year of a new relationship kind of construct that you're at your best for the first however many months? You're a great boyfriend at the beginning. Isn't that kind of what we're seeing from Aaron Rodgers? And isn't that, in a way, expected?
4: I mean, sometimes you expect that. The only thing that I can equate it to in my career was when I was with the Oakland Raiders. Rich Gannon came over from the Kansas City Chiefs. I knew Rich because we had played together in Kansas City prior to both of us getting to Oakland. I was there before him. He comes over and what he was able to do was to be an extension of the coaching staff on the field. John Gruden was in his second season. Rich Gannon hadn't fully established himself as the MVP that he later became, but what he did, he changed the tenor of that team from little things like the way they ran out the huddle to the way that they chased the ball after interceptions to demanding that his teammates finish plays in a certain fashion. He was able to bring all of those things from his previous experiences and give it to a young, eager Raider team that was hoping to win games. Well, Aaron Rodgers has been able to do the same. I am sure looking at their practices, you will see his thumbprints all over the attention to detail, demanding a little more from the wide receivers, maybe even demanding more from the running backs in the offensive line, the entire team, because everyone is going to look to him because he's one of the few guys maybe in that locker room that have done it. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been a four-time MVP. So when he stands in front of the group, all ears are perked up. All eyes are on him. So yes, yeah, he's playing the good boyfriend, but he is also playing the vet, the old vet that everyone wants. Rob is getting his money's worth because the four-time MVP decided to come in and be the ultimate leader, and we're seeing that play out in real time.
3: Translation listener for Aaron Rodgers, at least, the grass really was greener. And here he is, Aaron Rodgers, joyful and candid with Good Morning Football co-host Peter Schrager.
6: Thrilled to have Aaron Rodgers here with me after Jets practice. Aaron, uh, I said it on the air, the vibes are immaculate. Like, I don't know what the kids say these days, but that's what I felt like. It just feels great. Do you feel that energy when you're out there at this practice field?
5: I do. I mean, the first day that we walked out with fans, I heard a... You know, nice ovation over there, and it's been the same every day. Uh, it's exciting. There's a lot of energy around here. A lot of people proud to wear their Jets apparel, which is awesome. But we got a good thing going. I think we're progressing on offense. Our defense has definitely been ahead of us to start camp, but it's fun. I, I love, uh, I love the whole process. You got to love the journey if you've been doing it as long as I have, and, and I definitely do.
6: Yeah, and you look at the last few weeks. It's been football, of course. Before that, though, you got a chance to kind of through New York a little bit, and I love that. I see, everyone's talking about the Nixon Raiders. I love that you're at the Tonys. You go to the Tonys, and like, what's your feeling of just New York City, and you've always just been there a million times, but to be living
5: so close to the market and enjoying the fruits of that as well. I love it, I'm having a blast. I grew up in a small town, a lot of small towns in Northern California. I've dreamt since I was a kid of being in a big city. I moved to LA and San Diego, and so I've been to some of those on the West Coast. But I'm loving the East Coast. I'm I'm really loving the city. I'm loving Jersey where I'm at. Met a lot of great people being out and about. Done a lot of incredible things from, uh, you know, a hockey game at MSG, a couple of Knicks games, Taylor Swift concert, Ed Sheeran concert. We've been to Wicked and now Back to the Future. How the is the night. Back to the Future? Because it is new. a must-watch. Yeah. If you're a fan. Oh come on. And I'm a fan. I go Delorean. We can go deep. I'm a one three two though is my order. <laughs> I'm a big fan of three. A lot They're of people like are. I love three. The Western. It's the second best. One three two. That's for me. See,
6: two was my one with the hoverboards. I was a kid. Yeah, I was like, oh, the, the Cubs. The, the, the alternate
5: timeline though is I don't know. I just, uh, have you seen a lot. Barbie or Oppenheimer in a dual Barbenheimer yet? I have not. I heard about. Uh, you know, there's some stuff going on. The atom bomb going off. Yes. It, during some parts in the movie, haven't seen it, but I've seen, I've seen Oppenheimer. You've seen it. Yeah. Loved it. I thought it was great. If I would have watched it at maybe six o'clock. Yeah. In the in the evening, I would, probably would have loved it because it was nine o'clock. Yeah. That's, I that's really theory. really liked it. Christopher Nolan a guy tired. or no? I'm a huge Me yeah. Too. I'll tell you what my favorite Christopher Nolan movie though is, The Prestige.
6: The Magicians. It's the incredible. Prestige. I thought you were gonna
5: go like Memento. No, 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 no. Even no. Tenet, which I'm Christian still to Bale out. and Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. I love it. Michael Caine. Fantastic movie. I've seen that like fifty times. I love that movie.
6: I love it. Um, all right. So then you get here with the Jets. Where you got young guys, you got old guys. I see you talking to the defensive backs. I see you talking to the running backs. And I was talking to some folks here. I'm like, that's not every quarterback. Do you feel that responsibility of? All right, I know I'm the quarterback, but I'm also held in a certain regard and I'm also the veteran guy in this building.
5: That's just how I go about business. I mean, I enjoy the conversations across the line. Uh, There's been a lot of great communication between the offense and defense. I wanna keep encouraging that. Part of that's me leading by example and going to talk to those guys. We ran an adjustment play down at the goal line. They passed it off really nice and I just wanna know, hey, what'd you see there? Yeah. So complimenting them on what they're doing, starting a conversation and then that leads into another conversation about a different play from the drive. So that's how you get better. You know, we want to beat each other up on the field and the practice field, but we also want to grow together. How we're we going to do that is, is communicate. So let's make it as hard as possible on each, on each other. So if we're giving something away, if we're tipping something off, if something that we're doing gives somebody else a problem, let's communicate that. Maybe after practice, if you don't want to get the in-game yeah. competitive advantage, but that's how we're going to grow as a as a team, and, and I just got to be a part of that, lean by example, and, and that's just honestly how I practice. You know, I love talking to defense. I love hanging around the D-line. The D I got a great spot in the locker room, right <laughs> next we to some of the funniest guys on the team. I got Al Woods over yep. here. I got kind of offensive guys over here. We got Al Woods over here. Quentin Jefferson comes over every single day and sits down and talks. I got <laughs> Dwayne Brown here. It starts this big conversation. I like just listening to because yeah. those guys are some of the funniest guys on the team and and, uh, and JFM too, uh, John Franklin, Franklin Myers. Myers. Sure. He's hilarious. So I got a good group of guys that just kinda just eavesdrop on those conversations every day.
6: Yeah, no, and it's you guys now have a stretch coming up where it's not only the Hall of Fame game, it's also going to Spartanburg to do joint practice with the Panthers. You're gonna get on the road a little bit here. This is where a team kind of gels. August time, um, have you prepped these guys at all, what this is all about? Or is it just, let's just go and see how it goes? Or is it, hey, this is the start of the season. Now we're stepping it up a notch because we're getting on the road together.
5: Well, I think naturally the energy kind of uh, picks up a little bit once it's real. Now, a lot of the starters probably won't play a whole lot in the preseason. So our preseason is going to be those joint practices, which are always interesting because there can be some fights and some, Mm -hmm. uh, some intensity. Going up, but I think that's a good part about it, is because every step is a ramp up throughout the season, from OTAs to training camp, to preseason, to the regular season, to playoff time, you know, playoff prep, to being in the playoffs. It just there's always just a little bit of a notch that goes up, it's not like hey, oh, now we got yeah, to play that. a little more. Yeah. It's just like the focus kind of tightens a little bit, the uh, the intensity is is. Uh, is heightened slightly and, and the awareness about how important each step in the journey is kind of goes up a little bit more as we get on to this this part of the journey we interrupt this interview for a question
3: bucky i just thought to ask about aaron Rodgers, bucky brooks does Rodgers play in the preseason maybe the better question should aaron Rodgers play in the preseason what say you
4: no he should not play in the preseason and no. i think if they have now, if they have joint practices, you can get all of the work done that you need to get done without him playing in a game. Uh, if they're playing, uh, if they're having joint practices, then what you have is a controlled environment. And the reason it's beneficial for the Jets and others is because you can get all the energy, all the tempo, a lot of the physicality, but in a controlled environment because the quarterback is not alive in practice. And so you get all of the benefits without any of the risks. And so if the Jets have... Some of those joint practices, you want him to play in those practices, but you don't want to put him on the field in those games. The number one goal of the preseason is to get everybody to the first game healthy and ready to rock.
3: Translation, Jets fans, uh, wear your number eight jersey in the stadium. Wear it to the preseason games. Enjoy it while you are sitting there in your seat. Just don't expect to see it on the field. Okay, let's get back to that interview. Here is Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers once again with Good Morning Football co-host Peter Schrager. Schrager, the mic is yours.
6: I'm not going to ask you about Sean Payton's comments directly, but I will ask you to maybe address Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and what he means to you and what he can bring to this Jets team. That story goes out there. I had about a million texts from people in the coaching community saying, I was out of line. Was there- Yet you see Hackett out here, he's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back, he's always had yours.
5: Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett and those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach, my love for Hackett goes deep. You know, We had uh, some great years together in Green Bay, kept in touch. Um, Love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. Thought it was way out of line and inappropriate and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Respect that, respect that, that's fair. Um, In closing, you've got all these guys from the Green
6: Bayers with Hackett, but obviously Lazard and I see Cobb and Billy Turner, all these guys, does it feel like, hey, we're getting the band back together a little bit and let's go do something special right now?
5: I'm excited about all those guys. I'm, I'm I'm excited about the new guys that we got as well, um, and just everybody's new to me. Really, it's just getting to know these personalities. It's nice, you know, being able to sit sit down in you know in my locker, and there's Alan, yep. you know, who I've known for a long time now, and Billy's just down the way, and Billy and I have a really close relationship going back to his first couple of years in yep. the league, and just so much respect for the man that he is, uh, and he stood up for for Nathaniel because he played yes, for he him did. last year, and he's a warrior and played through some some injuries and never complains uh incredible locker room guy and i think that's what you know what joe and his staff and and robert have really put together is a lot of really high character guys and i think that's important when the going gets tough and also when the going is is really really good so we got to understand how to handle the success when everybody's praising us and the low points when uh, things aren't going as well as we want it to and it's those in those moments where the character can come through and i like to Uh, the makeup of the squad, I think we're really a high character group, and and we'll be tested throughout the season, but uh, I trust that we'll stick together.
6: I'm going to close with this, what you did last week financially with your contract. It's a testament to not only you, but also your belief in this team. Um, It was rare, it was a surprise to many, and yet, if you know Aaron Rodgers, this has been your story all along. I want to win, and I want to get a chip. Uh, The reaction amongst your teammates when that news came out, and hey, I'm in this not just for one thing, but maybe for two, and who knows from their point on?
5: Well, I mean, I appreciate the support for sure, and I understand what the contract was, and now what it is, I'm paid extremely well, and I feel great about the contract. I felt like uh, I could alleviate uh, some cap stuff, also free up some cash in order to keep getting some players. Joe and I have been in constant dialogue about Uh, the roster and any ideas I have and uh, what he's thinking about what the moves he wants to make and it's been a great relationship with uh, with Joe and I felt great about it Um, you know it it, there's been times over the years where I've you know helped to lower my cap number there's the times I've signed at the top of the market and known in three or four years it's going to be more in the middle of the market Uh, Green Bay was extremely financially supportive uh, for me and generous, and I appreciate that. Um, and I feel really fortunate to be making the money I'm making. And I think everybody's happy uh, from a cap standpoint, from a cash flow standpoint. And I'm really happy too. Great. Hard knocks, not so bad, huh? No, no, they've been great. They've great. been, they've been great. Good. I like
6: that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, awesome. I know this was longer than probably expected, but I always love catching up with you. Well, I like
5: you, so I give you <laughs> a lot of latitude. I'll take it.
6: Uh, on behalf of NFL Plus, NFL Network, everybody, good morning, football. We just love having you on, man. Good luck with everything this season. Thank you.
1: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack.
3: This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Bucky Brooks. And the next topic is shock face, as in prepare your best shock face listener, because Bucky Brooks believes that the team to beat in the so-called best division in football, the AFC North, may not play in Cincy, Baltimore, or Pittsburgh either. Please explain, Bucky, why you're bullish on the Browns. The Cleveland Browns have one of the more, the, may
4: arguably the most talented roster in football. When you look at them from top to bottom, you don't see a team with any no, noticeable or glaring holes.
3: Okay, I'm going ball- inter- to I'm going to interrupt you right there because that is something that 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 is needs to be heard once again. Bucky Brooks, listener, I mean, just said that the Cleveland Browns arguably have the most talented roster in football, not just the AFC North, in football. Let that be a lesson to you that when you dismiss teams for reasons other than what you see on the field and what you see on the roster, you uh, you do so at your own peril. This is a team to take notice of. Forgive the interruption, Bucky, please take it away. Back to what you were saying.
4: Yeah, when you look at this team, I've, I mean, on both sides of the ball, they don't have a glaring weakness. offense Honestly, they've always had one of the top offensive lines in football that continues to remain true you look at the weapons on the outside Amari Cooper Eli uh, Moore comes over David Njoku being able to command the middle of the field they have that Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in football for my Eli money forward- I think he
3: is the best running back in football there I'll say it I mean honestly that man runs in a way that is so punishing and so intimidating so dominating I I think I would pick him first on the playground, and that includes, yes, over guys like Saquon and, yes, over guys like Derrick Henry. I think I'd pick Nick Chubb first. I guess if you threw Christian McCaffrey out there, I'd I'd certainly probably maybe take a stab at McCaffrey, but I don't see him as a typical RB1. If I'm just going RB1, for me, it's Nick Chubb.
4: I mean, he's up there. You talk about a guy who is, look, he's been a runner-up a couple times. He's never necessarily won the rushing title, but he's right there. So that sets the table. And then you have a quarterback who's a top five quarterback. And I know everyone's ready to write off Deshaun Watson because of the bad year and because of all the other stuff off the field that has kind of diminished and tarnished his character. But the player was a top five player at one point in Houston. Now it's upon Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson to get back into groove and to begin to find a way to play at the level that we've previously seen him play at. If he plays anywhere close to that level, offensively, they have everything. But the reason why this team can legitimately contend is because Jim Swartz and what they're going to do defensively. Zadarius Smith joining Miles Garrett gives them two bookend rushes, arguably the, the best one-two punch as pass rushers in football. You have young corners that are dynamic and terrific. Uh, you have a linebacker core that is fast and explosive. And so all the things are there. Look, we can talk about the Browns and we've talked about the Browns, I feel like for the last three or four years being close. This is the year where they should get over the top. And I'm gonna be honest with you, if it comes to uniforms and uniforms being the deciding factor, it's hard to beat what the Cleveland Browns can pose when it comes to their uniform selection. That all white uniform that they're going to try it out. I am not a brand, a Browns fan, but I'm going to tell you if they wear the all white, it's going to be hard. To be, to be a team that has more drip than the Cleveland Browns. And if you bring the drip and the talent, it certainly is going to translate to wins.
3: Heavy on the drip, says Bucky Brooks. Another translation that is worth throwing out there is this, that a Jim Schwartz-led defense with the addition of Sedarius Smith added to an already imposing force in Miles Garrett is going to give this Cleveland Browns offense more reps, more... Opportunities And with a top five quarterback, you heard the man say it, listener, with a top five quarterback in Deshaun Watson, that is dangerous for everybody they face. Bucky, you threw something out earlier today that I want you to expound upon. We do get rather reductive in the sports world when it comes to telling stories. We have heroes and we have villains. You know Deshaun Watson. You know the player. You know the man. And you have for a long, long time. Now, it's going to be hard for a lot of neutrals to adopt or embrace Deshaun Watson as the hero. But I think to the specific point of him having been the villain this past season, explain to us what you mean by that didn't work for him and he's going to be better off this year.
4: Yeah, it's very similar to when LeBron made the decision and joined Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh down in Miami. He was vilified for making the decision, leaving his hometown, joining, uh, I guess, the hated Miami Heat. And so if you remember, that you everyone hated that heat team they wore all black he tried to embrace it i remember uh he 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 cracks his nose and wears the black mask and all that other stuff and he tried to be the villain but that's not his mo he has always been the hat he go lucky plays for the joy of the game that type kid well deshaun watson is very very similar and even though it's different making a comparison between what lebron james was doing with the decision and what uh deshaun watson was reported to engage in like it, it, it's a different thing. Of course, but the is. villain, the black hat, nonetheless was placed on Deshaun Watson. He's never been viewed as that. He has always been celebrated as the good guy, the guy that was loved when he walked out. He always got the cheers and the accolades and those things. Last year was a different spot for him. I was in Jacksonville that first preseason game, and it was the first time that he's probably ever heard a round chorus of boost. Didn't play well in that environment. Well, now that. A little time has passed the fervor won't be as much as it was last season that'll give him an opportunity to settle in he is now a little more comfortable in his own skin in cleveland in that uniform you'll see a much better version of Deshaun watson because i think he is fully comfortable in who he is and what he is and what he means to the cleveland browns at this time
3: This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Bucky Brooks. And the next topic is familiarity, which some say breeds contempt. But Bills fans hope it breeds Content. This is a two part conversation, Bucky. Part one, the return of DeMar Hamlin. Bucky, as emotional as we may feel about this, emotions ranging, speaking for myself, from tearful joy to wincing fear, why is emotion not part of the equation for Bills players right now?
4: Uh, the emotion was always there, like, because when you're on the field and you have a teammate nearly pass away, like, that's very emotional. But what we have done. As players, is we've cloaked ourselves in a, a shroud of invincibility, where we feel like we're, we're gladiators, we're heroes when we walk onto the field. And whenever you lose that, you can no longer play this game. And so now that Demar Hamlin is back, and they've seen him in practice, and they've gone through the first day of pass and they've seen him hit, they've seen him get up and walk and run back to the huddle. Well, now they've been able to kind of put put that chapter behind them. They've turned the page, and they're able to move on. So while we, the American public, who loves football and loves the human side of the game, while we're hanging there and biting our nails, the team has moved forward. And so as much as we'll make this a big story, and look, it's an epic comeback story, but this will not be the feel good story in the locker room. Now we'll get back to the business of playing ball and they will view DeMar Hamlin, not as the fallen teammate who almost was tragically lost, but they will see him as a contributing member of a team that is fighting to be a title contender. So now that he has gone through those practices, We're on to the next. We're back to playing ball. And so this would be a bigger story outside of the locker room than it is in the locker room because now we're back to normal.
3: You know what I love about that is that through one lens that looks and sounds heartless, but not through the lens that matters. The lens that matters is the lens of DeMar Hamlin, the player himself, the young man himself, who wants this to be the case, who wants what Bucky Brooks is saying to be the reality, which is... It is extraordinary what happened to me. It is extraordinary that I'm back. But now that I am back, let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. We've got a job to do, and I'm here to do a job. Okay, so part one of the story is the return of DeMar Hamlin. Part two of this story is the return of Sean McDermott. Now, did he go anywhere? No, he didn't. But the return is the return of defensive coordinator duties in the absence of Leslie Frazier. How worried should Bills fans be about McDermott's juggling act this season, Bucky? Maybe the better question, how worried are you? Uh,
4: Just a little worried in terms of, how he's going to handle all of the different responsibilities that are now on his plate. Uh, It's one thing to be the head coach and to manage the team because you have to coordinate the offense, the defense, the special teams. You have to manage the game, understand situational football. When do I use timeouts? What are the strategies? How do we tie together all three phases to put together a winning game plan? Well, he has the added responsibility of being responsible for providing that defensive game plan. So now he has to spend more time with the defense How does the defense look? All of those other things. Well, while he is in the defensive meeting room, that doesn't give him the opportunity to oversee the offensive meeting room and to really talk about Ken Dorsey and what he's doing. And so it changes the dynamic, not only during the practice week, but on game day. And how does he juggle all of those balls while they're floating in the air? That'd be the challenge. That said, he's a really good defensive coordinator. He's been a really good defensive coordinator in the past. He now has... Uh, eliminated the middleman when it comes to his vision of how he wants this team to play on the defense side of the ball, he now gets to step in and say, no, we're playing this way because I'm calling. And so as hard as it is to think about the Buffalo Bills becoming a better defense, it may be a better defense because they end up playing exactly to the style and division that Sean McDermott wants. So maybe that's a good thing for everyone in Bills' land.
3: Okay, I lied. Uh, This was a two-parter. Now it's a three-parter because the return of Tamar Hamlin is one thing, and the return of defensive coordinator duties for Sean McDermott is another thing. But I think Bills fans want to know about the return of a third thing, which is the return of a running game, which includes a backfield that is not dependent upon the legs of Josh Allen. Do you foresee, for the first time in Sean McDermott's tenure, a running game, That takes the ball out of the hands of his quarterback a little bit more. Whether Sean McDermott is in that room or not, will Ken Dorsey lead out a team that you can buy the threat of a running game without number 17 holding on to the ball?
4: I mean, it'd be hard, but now number 17 is always going to command attention. So that should allow your running game to go. I would say that a lot of it is on Sean McDermott to put the pressure on Ken Dorsey to stick to the script when it comes to the running game. Uh, whatever the target number is, and sometimes the target number may be, hey, I want 25 to 28 runs each week. Like, we need to get to this number. This is the target number. We need to run the ball enough. Doesn't mean that we have to become a team that is 50 50 and three yards in a cloud of dust, but we need to run the ball to take some of the pressure off Josh Allen, to create some other opportunities when it comes to everybody that plays the Buffalo Bills is going to throw an umbrella over the, the offense, meaning they're going to take away the deep balls, try and minimize. Stephon Diggs impact on the offense by running the ball you can change how they have to play and so you need to be committed to run the ball just to make sure that the defense pays attention to it they don't become bored uh with the running game and check out and just focus on the pass you need a little balance just so you can change some of the defensive coverage and fronts that you'll face from the opponents
3: translation if you want to believe in Buffalo you better have a believable running game This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. With me today, Bucky Brooks. And the final topic is called Top This. It's our check-in with the top 100 players of 2023 list. Now, this is a list that is annually voted on by NFL players about NFL players. And that's what makes it special. Now, look, the place for all of your top 100 list needs is NFL+. Plus. The in-season benefits of having NFL+, Plus are innumerable get ahead of the game. Subscribe now, NFL Plus. Now, my question for you today, Bucky Brooks, as we wrap up the show is who will be at the top of this list at the end? Who is the number one player in the NFL and why? Are we serious? Is this even a, a, a question? A is the is the, the most, answer obviously well, number fifteen? Is it Patrick Mahomes? Could it be anybody most, else?
4: Uh, no, it can It cannot be anybody else. It cannot be close. It should have been a unanimous decision when it comes to who's number one. When you just think about in the short time what Pat Mahomes has accomplished, I mean, look. You talk about a team that has gone to what uh, two, three, three Super Bowls in the last four years. They've won two. Uh, his record is ridiculous when it comes to. Uh, the regular season percentage, they've captured seven straight uh, AFC West titles. Look, we talk about the quarterback and how important the quarterback is, but this team went from very good to nearly unbeatable. When number 15 took over, he is unquestionably the number one pick in this draft or whatever it is that we call this list. If there's anyone else that is close, uh, I would be surprised. Pat Mahomes is the best player in
3: the National Football League right now. Bucky Brooks, is quarterback the hardest position in all of sports to play? I mean, look, it's it's super difficult. I would say, I mean, I I can't
4: imagine there being a harder position to play. There's so much stuff that you have to do. Lead the team, make plays, uh, put it on your back, be able to overcome all the situations that happen on the field. The great ones are able to do it, and they do it while making it look easy. And Pat Mahomes, to add him into it, he does it with a little flair. That makes everybody want to watch the Kansas City Chiefs and watch and wait and see what number fifteen is going to do when he
3: has the ball in his hands. It's true. Uh, he is he is so utterly watchable, isn't he? Even if you even if you have nothing but contempt for the Chiefs, which I suppose if you're a Raiders fan or a Broncos fan, maybe you have. You have to admit the kid is so so watchable. So let's say that the position of nfl quarterback is the toughest position in all of sports bucky's being diplomatic but i think if he were really put to the test if we had sodium pentothal running through his veins i think he would say yes do you agree as an nfl player as a former nfl player bucky brooks that when you guys look at the schedule the most important games on any team's schedule are divisional games
4: absolutely it's the easiest path to the playoffs and so when I was with the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Buffalo Bills talked about, hey, you got to win a division. You win a division, go to the playoffs. And this is a Buffalo Bills team that was coming off four straight Super Bowl appearances. Despite that success, they still always talked about, you got to win a division. The division gives you a ticket to the tournament. And as long as you have a ticket to the tournament, you always have a chance to win it all. So, yeah, you got to win the division.
3: Okay, so quarterback's the toughest position, and divisional games are the most important games on the schedule. Think about this, listener. Patrick Mahomes, in his already storied career as the leader of this Kansas City Chiefs offense, has never lost a road divisional game. Let that one sink in think about think who think about your team listener whoever your team is if i'm thinking about okay my washington commanders and i think about the four the three rather road games within the division having to go to metlife to play the giants having to go to the star to play dallas having to go to philly to play the eagles those three games if if you would give me one win of those three right now road games in the division i would take it I would take it. I would take it right now. If you were to give me two, I would bite your hand off. That's how important those games are. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a road divisional game. I can't believe it's coming out of my mouth. It doesn't seem possible. It certainly doesn't seem plausible, and yet it's true. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game that wasn't a Super Bowl. This is a man who, when you start to look at just the numbers has a case that seems unimpeachable. And then you listen to somebody like Bucky Brooks and you see the light in his eye. Patrick Mahomes, if he's not number one, fill out a police report because he got robbed translation it's not you Aaron Donald it's not you Justin Jefferson and no for once it's not you Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. it's not the goat it's the kid the baby-faced assassin the squeaky voiced savage number 15 is number one at least according to Bucky Brooks I want to thank today's special guest Bucky Brooks thank you for joining us today Buck thanks for having me on man it was great Always good to see you. I want to invite the listener to join us next time. Let's circle Wednesday for that, for training camp reports from all points on the NFL map. That includes Dallas. That includes Pittsburgh. That includes Cincy. We'll probably get up to Buffalo. I'll take you somewhere in the AFC East, maybe Foxborough, maybe Miami, maybe both. And we're going to take a first look at your fantasy draft. It's never too early. Let's start now. Don't just play fantasy. Win fantasy. We'll help you do it. That's next time. Till then.
0: So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
7: Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks.